one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. Uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, Today, we have Chad and uh, director out of Texas, Josh Rice. So welcome, guys. We're I got a hopefully a pretty good, entertaining um, topic to talk about on bus driver salary increases. So I think it'll hit home with a, a lot of people that are you know struggling to find and retain bus drivers. So Josh, welcome. How's it going? Thanks, man. Thanks for having us on the show. It's going great today. Good, good. Hot as ever in Texas. Yeah, well, it's getting hot here. It's supposed to be, I think, 116 this weekend in the valley. So it's uh, definitely burning up. So we feel we feel your pain here in Arizona. <laughs> Chad, how are you, sir? I am not doing worth a dang. Thank you for asking. Death door or what? Yeah, COVID. COVID. Chad got you know, COVID for for two years. I'm like, can we stop talking about COVID? Can we stop talking about COVID? <laughs> and then I show up this dang podcast which probably was going to be no mention of covid maybe a touch on it right yeah i'm sick as hell there oh, you go man so well, thank hopefully you for... speedy recovery to you sir um i think the the green mucinex was the the lifesaver for me when i got it so i've just, I've just been drinking <laughs> bourbon did bourbon not help no isn't that grandpa's cough medicine <clears throat> yeah i call them hot toddies because i get hot bourbon <laughs> and drink it oh very good with with warm coke right on <laughs> so josh uh can you you know just give us a little introduction to yourself and you know how you got into um bus driving and uh, landing in transportation i think you know it's always interesting to hear people's story of how they how they got here so what absolutely you got? so i have uh, been in transportation for about 21 years um i started out driving a school bus like a lot of folks um when i was going to college And by the time I was getting finished with college, I started thinking like, hey, this is a really hidden field that's out there that a lot of people don't know about. It's um, a way to to be involved in education, but not have to stand in front of the classroom and teach every day, but be able to safely transport kids back and forth. Um, And so I moved on into full time with transportation and been in it ever since. Right on. So you're where where exactly are you in uh, Texas and kind of like. Can you give us a little just demographic to your district size and, um, you know, maybe staff size, how many kids you guys run, et cetera? Sure. So I am at Barbara Hill ISD. It's on the east uh, side of Houston. Um, it's a smaller district. Uh, we have about 7,000 kids. We transport about 2,500 um, a day. I have a staff of about um, 75. Barbara Hill is the smallest district that I've worked in. Um, before I was at Klein ISD, um, and I had 55,000 kids, and we transported about 25,000 a day um, with over 400 employees. So um, it was quite a bit of a change to come to a smaller district, um, but they paid and I came. 
<laughs> yeah, money talks, right? So money talks. What's the? I mean, what what was your kind of experience going from large to small? I mean, do you do you see that your uh, like department issues are, I guess, like persona not personified, but like exemplified because of, um, you know, just lack of staff to always kind of cover the shortages or or shortfalls when you're you know somebody leaves and struggling to find somebody to fill that position. Sure. So I can tell you the first thing I realized when I started at Barbers Hill, um, I started July 1st. Um, and when I walked in the door, the lady that had hired me um, walked in with me and I looked around and I was like, where's everybody at? Are they off today or have they just not made it in yet? And she goes, oh, no, they're off contract. They don't come back till August. And I said, so I'm just here by myself. And she said, yeah, you're just here by yourself this month. Um, but I will tell you it doesn't matter whether you're in a big district or a small district, we all face the same challenges. Um, we, we all have driver shortage issues. We have issues that come up with our fleet. We have parents that call in and complain about things. We have student discipline issues. Um, the only thing I can say is when I was with a bigger district, I had more people that helped handle that on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. Um, but there was a higher quantity of it. Um, now that I'm in a smaller district, I have less people to help me handle it. But I also have less issues that arise um, just because of the size. Um, one thing I did learn coming back to the small district was um, how to do things again. Because when I was in a larger district, I did not have to be involved Super with driver off. interviews. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day -day covering of routes or trips going out or overcrowding and having to move kids and send parent letters out. You know, how to had a big nice staff that took care of that stuff and coming to a smaller district, you're definitely more um, hands-on with that. Um, I remember calling the first applicant and I was thinking like, what do I tell them? Like, <laughs> do I tell them who I am or, you know, yeah. how do I introduce myself? And, I, sure. you know, when they were like, where's transportation? I'm thinking like, man, did my folks go through all this? And, you know, having to tell yeah. people how to get there and, That's you know, what time your interview is. and Totally easy to, to take for granted, you know. Yeah, yeah and sure. trying to write those questions and make copies before they got <laughs> there of their application and everything for people I had asked to be on the interview panel. And then once it's done, trying to follow up with references and just, yeah. you know, you're taking for granted all those little things that your staff did. And it made you realize again, like how hard it is to be a bus driver and all the things that we have to do. Um, to help somebody be successful in this industry. Sure. No, for sure. So do, do you guys have like, um, you know, a couple trainers, dispatcher, routers, or, or do you do most of, you know, do you have your hands kind of in a lot of that? My hands are definitely in a lot of it. So I right now we have two route managers that kind of split up regular and special needs. Um, one of them helps dispatch. The other one does trips. Um, and then I have a lady that kind of helps answer phones like as a clerk. Um, and then training is kind of put onto a regular route driver that kind of does that supplemental. Right on. So you guys are so, just, so how much, how much staff do you have administrative staff do you have total? Total administrative staff, um, including me is four people. Four people. Dang. For 60, uh, you said 75 drivers <laughs> or 75 staff. For 75 drivers. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was a change. Cause like I said, when I came from Klein, I had probably 30 full-time office staff that took care of routing and dispatch and payroll and trips and, yeah. you know, operation stuff, all that, all that kind of, 
all that kind of stuff. But isn't it amazing, like, how much busier, like, you're still busy at that level, right, of big district, you're overseeing all that stuff, you have your hands still <clears throat> involved, but not necessarily down further deep in the weeds. Now, like, it's just completely different, and like you were saying. Absolutely. Right, when you're you're doing the interviews, and you're having to do the, the follow-ups for their references, and getting them through the HR process, right, it's just all that time to, that's taken away from doing something else, right, for all yeah. four people, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the things that, I, like I said, it gets taken for granted. And not only does do do we take it for granted as we go from district to district, but at the same time, like your district office personnel, your administrators, your bosses, like nah, they got it. You know, if we're if they're not hearing about it from us, they they don't know, right? They don't know how busy we really are. So absolutely, and transportation has always just been that kind of mentality of we get it done and yeah. we don't really complain back up the chain that. Yeah what they're doing is causing us a headache. We just yeah. sun you know, up to sun down week. and the phone doesn't ring. We're, you know, we're yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I mean, just last week I sat with my route managers and we figured out summer school and we went kid by kid making parent phone calls, figuring out yeah. if they were all day, half a day, morning, evening, and yeah. where we're going to put buses. And yeah. For sure. So, I mean, obviously now you kind of mentioned staffing challenges, but I mean, right. Everybody's short. You want to talk a little bit just about, we're, we're going to get into the more of the meat of how you guys are recruiting people, but just like how short sure. are you right now? Or what, what is your planning projections for the upcoming school year? So um, conveniently uh, we are not short of bus drivers right now. Um, we took our posting down in February and we have not put it back up since. Wow. Um, we have calls almost daily for people wanting to come drive a bus, um, but we don't have any openings now. And um, I'll talk to you. Yeah. When we get there yeah, about how we kind of, how we made that happen. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, I guess we can get right into it. Right. I mean, so just for context for the listeners, I found Josh, uh, kind of inadvertently through LinkedIn, uh, follow a ton of people. I think there's a ton of good information, especially for administrative people that are in this industry that want to network right outside of Facebook or any of the other social stuff. Like there's real good content and I wanted to get, Josh on the show. I'm pretty sure he was on. Were you on the STN podcast? Yeah. Sure, so you yeah. did STN with them. We're going to give you, we're going to feature you more time. We're going to cut you down to the 15 minutes that they give you. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, the posting came up that you guys had approved $25 an hour for bus drivers and up to $16, I think, and, and up for your bus monitors and other, I guess, non CDL driving staff. So right. like, Take us through kind of like how you got there. Were you the one that kind of championed that and said like, "Look, dude, we gotta we gotta change the the idea here of what people are getting paid." That's For big sure. money in a small district. I mean, absolutely, I mean, big money point across out the, the point I mean, out the obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. big money regardless. Yeah. So when I came into Barbers Hill, I mean, overall we were probably fifteen people down um, between drivers and aides um, right at the first of the year, and so. Not only was it a challenge coming into a new district and trying to learn people and learn policies and um, just due to the day-to-day stuff, but when you're on a bus every morning and every afternoon, that takes away 50% of your day. Um, and I found myself driving um, very quickly at the first of the school year. Um, I, I think what kind of got the district's attention was when we started doubling routes. Um, and when I say double routes, I'm not talking about Hey, you have 30 kids and this lady didn't come in. So let's put her 20 with yours. It's double and back 60 kids. Yep. Yeah. And I need you to take these 60 home. And then I need you to come back to the school and pick up another 55 or 60. And in the meantime, 
we had campuses with two or 300 kids sitting there for 30 and 45 minutes yeah. after the bell rang, waiting yep. for us to come back and get them. Which is not uncommon. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate that um, we have a great administration, our superintendent, Dr. Poole, um, and a board that represents our district, um, that that wasn't acceptable. That, you know, it, it wasn't the right thing for kids. Kids have already been there all day. They shouldn't have to sit there for another hour and wait for us. Um, nor was it right for our teachers and staff that had worked all day to have to sit there um, and wait for us to return. Nor was it good for us to have to ask drivers to come in and, hey, we need you to do your two runs, but we also yeah. need you to do, you know, Joe's two runs as well. So yeah. we need you to do four runs today. And um, we we started talking about it and my superintendent, you know, asked me to to put a presentation together, come up with some ideas and let's see how to fix it. And, and, and I'll say for a long time, we've always said that, you know, treating people good keeps people. And I don't disagree with that. Um, I think when you build a great culture, I think when you have good employees, um, that definitely does help keep you staffed. Um, but when you're surrounded with people that pay significantly more than you do, it doesn't matter how good you treat them or how many hamburgers you cook for people. It's not going to keep people in those positions. Sure. Especially when, um, when those people are only making what 18,000 bucks a year, you know, something absolutely. like that. So, you know, it, people can't fathom that people are leaving for 25 cents an you know, an hour to go somewhere else. And that's really not a whole lot of money when you think about it, but to them it is. And so it's sure. hard for business managers to like conceptualize that. Like we're only talking about a quarter. No, we're talking about like more than that. Right. It doesn't matter sure. how good the culture is. I mean, I, I agree with your point of culture goes so far, but money, again, money talks. Right. And I think that that's important for people. Absolutely. So when we started in the endeavor, we were paying seventeen fifty an hour, um, plus varying amounts for experience, depending on where you were. Um, one thing I probably did differently this round is in the past, we have always gone out and looked at what other districts pay, or we use the state program that kind of looked at like what the state average was or what your market area was. Um, and what I did differently this time is I started looking at like, not just school districts, but like, where can my folks go and use their CDO? So what do industries like Amazon and FedEx and UPS and, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, like sure. what do all those people pay Walmart um, for CDL drivers? And quickly I found out, man, those people can make 60, 70, 80, $90,000 a year doing over the road. Um, Wait, and can? for those of us that hold a class B CDL, it's, it's just one test to upgrade to that class A. Yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, I agree as far as, um, you know, that goes plus the schedule that offers them. Right. I mean, they're able to make overtime. They're able to work eight hours a day straight through. They don't have to worry about the split shift. So, I mean, that's, that's just the whole other side that comes with it. Right. Yep. And so when I sat down with our administration, um, our cabinet folks, our CFO, our superintendent, um, some of those people over HR, um, the one thing I shared with them, not just the salary of like what other people are paying in districts, but what our industry as a whole is paying. Um, but you hit a good point a second ago, and that's one of the big things that people don't fight for is no other position in school districts require their employees to work split shifts. Right. And so when I sat in that room that day with most of our folks who make probably six figures, I asked them, hey, what if tomorrow you were told to come in and work? five to nine and then go home and come back and work three to seven. Yeah. 
And most of them were like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Or I'd find another job. And I said, but that's what we ask our folks to do every day. Yeah. And we pay them $17 and 50 cents an hour for it. Right. Um, and they're up at not just the hours they're getting paid for, but for them to clock in at five 30, if they've got kids, they're up at three 30 in the morning, man. And they're trying to cook breakfast and get their kids dressed and get themselves ready to get to transportation by, you know, five 15 where they can clock in and preach up a buzz, you know, and when they finish at eight or eight 30, they're having to clock out. Um, but we don't pay them throughout the day, but we sure expect them to be back at two o'clock and right back ready to roll again. And, or even um, if you call them and ask them like, Hey, I got a midday run or Hey, sure, can you stick you around that. and cover this? Or, you know, like, it's just, again, it's, it's unfortunate that, that the industry just like almost takes advantage of these people. Right. And, and they're just willing to do it. And I think it, I mean, commendable for them. Most, you know, most of them, there's a lot of people that are in it for, the community service, the give back to the community, so on and so forth. But, and then there's other people that are just, well, it's just a job. And, you know, you probably see that within your own department of, Absolutely. Hey, I mean, I, I'll do, I'll give you the bare minimum of what I got. But meanwhile, Susie's picking up John's route because John for the, you know, seems like the 25th time isn't here covering his, his own route. So, you know, those people that we lean on, you know, I mean, God bless them. Right. They're just, they're the ones sure. that never tell you, never tell you no. Yeah, and the split shift thing is just something we've just probably never fought good enough. I mean, because when you think about auxiliary, you know, whether it's a custodian or a food service worker or a maintenance guy, those guys work six, seven, eight hours a day in a straight shift. Yeah. You know, we don't expect them to go home and have to come back. And so, um, especially in today's economy where you're paying four, five, and six dollars a gallon for gas. No, I know. That's twice a day those people are having to come back and forth. And if they do a midday trying to make another hour and a half, they're, that's maybe six times a day they're coming back and forth um, and having to spend that money on gas uh, as well. So have you guys ever explored just kind of off topic before we get back in, have you ever explored like um, maybe a, uh, like an AM and a PM shift where they like an AM group works six hours, like six to noon. And then the next group comes in say 11 to five or something like that. I know it expands your FTE out and totally so many more personnel, but just wondering if that would help with where you guys are at paying, you know, what you're paying and so many people that are wanting to get in the door there that like, Hey, why not take advantage of having, you know, an, a, a larger work group, I guess. I, I trust me, I get the budgeting side, but pine sure. sky stuff, right? Like, you know, it almost. So, seems so like you that. want, so they've given a big pricing, like a big raise. And now you want them to bring more employees on. Is that what you're saying, Jason? Like yeah. add more employees yeah. with higher. Uh, yeah. Rate. That's, yeah, Chad, yeah. Chad's you don't have to answer that, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I think if we did it, they would cut back on our hours. Oh, of course. Say, well, yeah. Let instead of a driver making six or seven hours, if you want to bring on more, then okay, this group makes four and this group makes three. Well, there's so many. I mean, even some of the small, like real small rural districts, right, where <clears throat> the bus driver is the custodian or the maintenance sure. guy, and so they're doing maintenance work in the middle of the day, and then they're mm-hmm. you know driving the bus morning and afternoon, so. I mean, it, it it is what it is, and I think that part of the, I guess, some of the draw for bus driving is the flexibility in the schedule, right? I mean, we we have probably you probably have half your half your group that wants forty hours, and probably half your group that doesn't want forty hours, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, just trying to figure out how to you know how to juggle all that, but right. kind of getting back on topic. So, how do you how do you land at the twenty five? $25 so we, uh, I put a presentation together. I met with that group of administrators, kind of presented what the what the market is, where we're at, you know, how short we are, the things that are going on, and um, 
you know, my superintendent goes, so, you know, how do we fix it? And I said, well, you know, there's kind of two options. You know, if you want to just kind of throw a Band-Aid on it, let's get to maybe 19 or 20. You know, I think if you want to fix it, let's get up to like maybe 22. And uh, my superintendent sat there for about five seconds and he goes, let's do 25. Um, and one thing Barbers Hill has always been known for is staying ahead of the curve. Um, we are one of the highest districts in the state for what we pay our teachers. Um, we have high expectations for our students. We have great test scores. Um, and when it came to auxiliary with transporting our kids and making sure we're doing the right thing, it was no different. Um, and so we, we put that plan together. Everybody in the room agreed with it. Um, we took it to the board within about a week or two. Um, I did a presentation in front of the board. The board obviously had already been hearing feedback from where we have kids that are sitting at schools and we're not getting there with buses for 30 to 45 minutes afterwards. And, you know, we're having to do trips as drop-offs and pickups because we don't have enough staff to come back and cover routes and stay with the trip. So we're having to drop kids off downtown. We're having to come back and run a route. We're having to go back and get them, which costs you more money. We're running fuel back and forth for all that stuff. And, um, it was a, a pretty easy decision for our board to back, um, and support. Uh, and it, it, it helped. I mean, we, we had our posting up just by word of mouth with folks that our drivers knew, um, the next day when I released that to them, I mean, we were absolutely inundated with applications. I mean, we probably got, I would say 40 to 50 applications in about three days. Wow. And we finally just took the posting down. Um, we interviewed people. We, we, we were able to handpick. It's been a long time since I've gotten to be a part of really inter, any driver interview that you didn't do the mirror test where if they fogged up the mirror, <laughs> you, gotta, you hired them. You got a pulse. <laughs> you had a pulse, you hired them. You know, yeah, and it was like, sure. wow, we're interviewing 30 people and we only need 10. Yeah. You know, and so we can kind of handpick. And it's been great. Um, it's improved our morale. Um, it's helped us with maybe a handful of drivers we had some issues with. And now they've seen that guys, if you don't want to get on board and be there yeah. for kids and do the right thing, then, you know, See be ya. successful somewhere else. There's yeah. somebody else waiting to take your job. Is that the Elon Musk, the Elon Musk way? <laughs> yeah. How close are you to Houston? I'm just curious. Cause I, um, I mean, I'm assuming most people don't live in the Houston. Like area. inner city. I mean, you can get downtown in probably 30, 45 minutes. So there, you're far enough away. People can get the cheaper housing. So the twenty five dollars goes a long way. I don't know about cheaper housing out here, but um, the school district, just because of the um, the reputation it has, that has driven the housing market up tremendously. And I think our economy has pushed the housing market where yeah, it is today. But sure. houses that used to cost three hundred thousand are half a million dollars now. Well, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't mean realistic pricing. I just meant. <laughs> like not having I mean, to live into the city and that. And yeah, to, like, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. And I mean, it's a great commute into downtown Houston. Just, you know, they're finishing their third loop, which is the grand parkway. So now there's like three different loops around Houston to connect you to more of those rural areas without having to go through downtown to get out to those um, locations. So places well, like the well, woodlands well, where you can work for Exxon and things like that, you can live out here and it's a 45 minute commute. About three more highways, they'll have it ready. It'll be absolutely. Good <laughs> so was there start con as soon as we open a road, we just start construction on it. Yeah. We start no, trying no. to widen it. Well, that's yeah. that's construction <laughs> everywhere. So Josh, was there was there a little bit of angst, uh, maybe on your end or even the administrative end of like, what if this doesn't fix the problem? Um, you know, we had some neighboring districts that had went 
last a year before last from like 17, 18 to like 20. Um, and I had reached out to a few of those and was like, Hey, like, how's your staffing? And some of those were like, yeah, we went to 20. We guarantee them a 40 hour work week. It kind of fixed our problem. Um, and so we weren't quite ready to go to a 40 hour work week. Um, just because our routes are maybe six or seven hours a day. Um, but we tried to offset that with a high enough hourly rate that, yeah, we may not pay you 40 hours a week, but we're paying you $25 an hour. Um, so $25 at six or seven hours a day, sure. you know, is like making 21 in a 40 hour week. And do you guys include like benefits and or like a basic benefits package, state retirement or anything like that? Yeah, so state retirement, part of the Texas teacher's retirement system in Texas, um, the district pays a portion towards your health benefits. So, I mean, you can get basic medical insurance for the employees like 10, 15 bucks a month. Yeah, so it's not like outrageous or whatnot. Or, or some some districts that don't offer at all, right? They'll say, we'll give you the higher rate, but we're not going to help you with benefits at all and you're on your own for insurance, which at that rate, right. it's like, well... One of the unique things we do is if you're carried under your spouse's plan, um, we actually will give you $1,000 um, if you don't take out the health insurance oh, wow. with the district. So, you know, a lot of our folks come in and maybe they're under their husband's insurance or their wife's insurance, and so they don't need it. Um, and we give them $1,000 back towards yeah. their pay to help. Um, Which is a good idea. I mean, the, you know, you got retirees that come in that don't, you know, they're taking Medicare yeah. or whatever and don't need it. <clears throat> I always said they should have like two different rates of pay, right? Those people that kick it back. So, you know, maybe they, instead of 25, they get 26 bucks an hour, you know, something yeah. like that that just makes it a, that much more worthwhile to sticking around. But right. So you guys basically, what I'm hearing is that 25 bucks an hour for now, knock on wood, fixed pretty much your staffing shortage. Yeah, I mean, we uh, honestly, since we put that up in February and went through our hiring, mass hiring and filled all our slots, um, we haven't had anybody um, that's left. I haven't had to hire anybody in that, that really fixed it. One thing we did that um, was very unique when we talked about raises, um, I was very much concerned because I've done it for many years um, and I've seen what they call compression on the yeah. scale. Yep. And so you give this huge increase um, to like 25, but then your people that have been there maybe five years are making 25, 30, you yeah. know, or a 10 year person's making 25, 60. They really compress the scale. And so your people that have that veteran experience feel like they're undervalued because someone's sure. walking in the door making what they've worked real hard for. Um, and so uh, uniquely when we passed our plan, for drivers, uh, I mean, for aides and suburban drivers, et cetera, people that were non-CDL, we raised them to 16 an hour and we gave 16 cents a year. And our drivers, we raised to 25 an hour and we gave them 25 cents per year. Okay. So, you know, if I was a 12-year driver, I went from 25 to $28 an hour yeah. based on my experience. Right on. Which so that, that created that enough separation. Probably a ten dollar an hour increase if you guys were at seventeen or eighteen bucks. 18, yeah, man, I had I had folks make six, seven, eight, nine dollar increases wow. um, instantly right in the middle of a school year. I mean, we didn't. It wasn't even part of next year's compensation plan. It it took effect the day after our school board meeting. Um, we revised all their drivers' pay and our attendance pay in the department and pushed that out. So was there just, I mean, you maybe you don't know or maybe you don't want to get into this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Just like, 
where the where the funding came from because I think a lot of people will question that, right? They go, well, you know, districts don't get any money, right? I mean, or yeah. or it's so already so much of it is allotted, or or where it's coming from. It's you know, a, a lot of the focus is on teachers. Did you guys like use ESSER funds, or did you get anything from that? I mean, it was just basically like we know that this is a problem, and we're gonna yeah. We're gonna I mean, the, the funding is. for the funding for the increases in the department all came out of just the general fund, which is a mix of state and local tax dollars. Um, it was yeah, like you said, it's one of those things that you know, if tomorrow the the roof gets blown off a of school, you got to put a roof back on the school. Yeah, um, and this was a problem that we realized that. You know, if we want to continue to provide a service to our students, um, this is this is something we're going to have to do. Because sure. um, like I said, man, it, we were doubling routes. My athletic director and I became good friends because every day around 11 o'clock, I was calling him going, hey, man, how many coaches can you give me today to help help drive routes? And, and they were great to help. Um, I mean, for a few weeks and then it starts to become a norm. And it's like, yeah, man, I don't want to teach all day and then have to drive a route on top yeah. of this. And. And so that, that bought us that like September, October, November. And then it just, you know, it started hitting that, you know, it's, it's a problem and man, we've got to address it. And, uh, you know, I, again, we go back to the culture the morale and that, that stuff's all good, but this was case in point of how sometimes when you pay folks for the job, they truly do. Um, you can fix that, that problem that you're having with sure. staffing and, and, and we all know, I mean, I've been in it for two decades. And so I've seen what it used to be to be become a driver and what it is today. And, you know, it seems like every time we turn around, it's, just, it's another hurdle. Yeah. You know, like ELDT, ELDT yeah. is just another hurdle that we yeah. have to provide more stuff and we have to input them into another system. And, you know, the, the under the hood pre-trip and I guess I'll just ask this question. Did it deter people who were maybe on the fence about leaving or retiring or anything along those lines, um, just um, keeping them around for another maybe year, a couple years? Yes. I would say I had about a half a dozen people that were probably looking at retirement the next year or two. But in Texas, um, your retirement is based on your average either three or five years, depending on when you came into the system. And so an increase like we gave is pretty significant on their retirement. Um and also, man, it, it adjusted attitudes. We had a couple of people that just were not happy day to day and yeah. they suddenly got happy because it's like I told them, guys, there's people waiting to come in the door here. If this isn't what you want to do, go go be happy somewhere else. Yeah, but, yeah it makes a difference, right? Yeah. yeah what, like, what, was, what was your biggest stretch? Like you mentioned that you're 16, 17 an hour, you jumped to 25, but there were people that got significantly more than that because of their, their, um, seniority whatever their tenure but it's so like what was like your biggest increase like did mary our biggest, get 750 an hour more uh, our gate? biggest increase was probably around seven dollars and fifty cents that's what i said jason do you hear that yeah right on the money that's oh, pretty I, significant for someone to wake up on a tuesday and then go to bed on tuesday night and oh, maybe make a 750 I mean, an hour more i don't have the spreadsheet in front of me but i mean our average employees got somewhere around five to six thousand dollar increase i yeah, mean that's so what it's, that it's amounts all, to it's about a you know if you what are they averaging like 30 35 hours a week we were at that time we were guaranteeing 25 hours a week um we're now up to 30 hours a week but so even um, when you just figure you know seven times seven times 30 bucks that's an extra 210 dollars a week i mean yeah. pre-tax but 
That's a lot of money, five. especially when gas prices are, are getting to where they're at right now, right? I mean, so so it's no wonder and five why, grand a year buys yeah. a used car back in 2019, but it gets you a down payment on one today. Sure. Absolutely. So, the district has been a, a very successful. Dr. Pools, our superintendent, I believe this is his 15th year um, in Barbers Hill, and this is the 15th year in a row um, that they've given a 2% one-time payout at Christmas and a 3% increase at the end of the school year. Wow. Um, and they've been steady for 15 straight years with that's, that. That's good for them. Do uh, So I have a, a another question. Just like of the, you said you got 40 or 50 applications. How many of those were from neighboring school districts that already had their CDO? Probably about 75%. Okay. So people were hearing word of mouth, whether they knew, whether, they, did you get any old employees back that had left that were like, um, you know, I used to be here or I left because we, I got more money and I want to come back? We we probably had two or three that um, reapplied that had been there before. And um, again, we were placed in a unique position where you're interviewing 40 people for 10 positions. And sure. so you're definitely able to, you know, we spent a little bit more time in the interviews asking a little bit different questions. And, uh, yeah, you know, before it was like just 10 minutes of yeah. like, why do can you, you read this kids? eye chart? Do you have a pulse? Yeah. Watch my finger across your eye. <laughs> Have you ever seen a psychiatrist? Because why yeah. do you want to drive a bus with seventy right. screaming kids? And, <laughs> yeah. That's actually but, uh, a question. Yeah, I mean, a question we were... that we asked. We would we would ask, um, like, a, a, you know, school bus driving is, um, you know, involves driving a, a forty foot bus with eighty kids and or up to eighty kids and all kinds of weather. Why do you want to do this? You know, basically just kind of teeing it up for them. Like, why why do yeah. you want to do this? So pretty funny. Did you I have Did you have any of your peers like, you know, I'm I'm sure you've made colleagues and friends that are probably around your neighbors that are like, dude, how are you how are you doing this right now and kind of super jealous? So I actually had a neighboring director that, you know, obviously when we hire somebody from another district, you do like the request from previous employers sure. and all yeah. that kind of information. So I would always send them um to this particular director and um I remember the email exactly. Um, after several candidates that we hired from their district, I remember them saying, um, you know, how are y'all looking on staffing now? And I said, I, th I think we're full. And he said, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And he's probably saying, thank goodness at the same time. So he's not losing anymore, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you know, it sparked a lot of stuff around Texas. I mean, I've, I've seen many districts recently, um, jump to at least 20 because they're realizing that, um, can't you know, on. I mean, you're going to, people like Amazon are going to put a whooping on you. If yeah. you can't pay what you need to pay your folks, you know, they'd rather go drive a truck with boxes in it than 70 screaming kids. Yeah, I pointed well, out. I think that's the key though. I think midday you haven't started delivering packages. Yeah. Right? They deliver kids in the morning. They start delivering packages midday and then they go pick up the kids. It's a win-win for the school district. You guys yeah. get into the retail business. They they get to work eight hours a day. School makes more money to offset the sure. increases. Yeah, Great idea, right, Jason? I, I, trust me, I 100% agree. I think you took that there's idea. Plenty, there's plenty of room in the bus to put packages <laughs> all the way down the dial. No, no but I, I mean, the, those are things that, you know, again, that's the outside-the-box thinking, right? People And people are like, oh, we can't do that. Or for whatever reason, they'll make some excuse about why, why something like that can't happen. But if we're... If if the idea is always to try and get more money for this for the district, whether it's for teachers or operations or so on and so forth, like why wouldn't you want to essentially create a transportation you know company that operates outside of hours you know 
um, call it, you know, whatever, doing business as such and such transportation, and they're providing, you know, providing a service. I mean, you know, how many of how many of your vans could you be transporting, you know, uh, medic, you know, adults around doing like medical transport in the middle of the day, keeping your people busy, so they're getting more hours, and you're getting funding funding from that, right? I mean, just. It's all stuff to think about. I'm sure that with your state reporting, you you know, it, it adds an extra factor in because now you're getting paid for those miles outside of sure. what the state's reimbursing you at. But, um, you know, it's it, it's all out there, and I think it's all worthy of uh, conversations like this, you know, over beer and pretzels yeah. on the back of a napkin. And, and, and I've worked to... before. I mean, like when I was at Clyde, we had several employees that would go during the middle of the day and work for food service yeah. or custodial or something like that to help offset um, their shortages, but also to gain that eight hour yeah, day, right. you know, that they needed. Um, yeah. I think here, just, just on the hourly piece, right. You're, I mean, you're talking about driving jobs, but I mean, if I feel like target and in and out burger and a whole bunch of places are up to like 17, 18 bucks an hour. And and that's not even driving. That's literally working in a, in a building. So how do you, sure. how do you compete with that when you have to keep up with eight or nine certifications every yeah. couple of years just to, just <clears throat> to drive, of, uh, you know, lots of schools this year, I've seen part of their compensation plan B that they won't pay any employee in their district less than $15 an hour. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge investment into those folks. Right. So I want to, um, first of all, great, great stuff, right? I think just seeing this and, and, and getting out there and talking about that, I hope that this spurs like a lot of conversations at least to people. And I, and I've, I've sat in those rooms where CFOs say, this isn't a money issue. Like BS, this is a money issue, right? And, and getting them to understand that, you know, yes, you can apply a Band-Aid or yes, if you you want to be fair to your entire work group in your entire district, right? How is that, how are we supposed to do that? Those those questions can't always be answered. Sometimes you have to single out a work group in order to solve a problem. And I think this is sure. a pure, pure case of, of figuring out how to make it happen. So kudos to you guys. And I'm, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be interested to see how many districts creep up to that rate of pay and what that does to your, you know, does your staffing continue because of the culture that you guys have, or, you know, hopefully, hopefully it does for you. But um, at the same time, you know, I think that's the other thing is we, when I was at, when I was at the school district, the last school district I was at, we had increased up to, I think 18, 1750 from 15 something. So we gave everybody two bucks an hour. And all the districts around us were like, how are, how are you guys doing that, right? Well, we did it. We self-funded it. We cut a bunch of positions internally and gave, you know, did some restructuring and then, you know, went out to that. Well, we self-funded it. Literally not even a year later, all the districts around us are just figuring out how to pull money out of their bank account and, you know, give it to them without making any changes. So could we have potentially done the same thing? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, you know, I think it forced us to be, you know, run lean and mean and, you know, I think that's a good, you know, it's always the best possible scenario, right? We got to be good stewards right. of the dollar and whatnot, but, um, you know, pretty important for sure. You know, and it, it, it has an impact on your operations every day too. Not just, it, it's not just the piece of leaving kids at school or oh, yeah. stretching your staff thin at the schools, but yeah. we felt it internally too, because when you're taking those in a district, my size, when there's only four of us full time and three of us were on a bus and we're leaving one person in the building. 
um, accidents, admin- phone calls, administ- dispatch. Yeah, administration oh. started hearing like, guys, you're not answering the phone. And we're like, there, there's no one to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're like, hey, this parent's calling saying you won't call them back. Yeah. And I'm like, when, when do you want me to call go them ahead back? And, like, go ahead and give me earbuds on the bus. Day. I'll go ahead and dispatch and I'll answer the phone and I'll drive. Like, yeah, they just, that that was always uh, my thing was that they, they never had an interest, even on the first like, couple days of school right come see the chaos right when you look at a school you look at a school they have five or six people in the office that work for what eight hundred thousand kids you know and parents well when you take when you take that out you have three or four people that work for twenty five thousand kids and parents you know half of those that are needing the bus like that's that's just not fair comparison of apples to to apples you know so i think that having people come and witness and experience like what a day in transportation looks like. They'd be Absolutely. Like, oh, wow. This is amazing. So for sure. Yeah. And a lot of our new our folks in the district, since I was new, have come by and visited, they'll come in and they're like, where's your secretary or where's this? I'm like, we guys, we don't have all that. You know, like <laughs> we're, we're going to grow and we're going to hopefully yeah. get there. But right now we don't, yeah. we don't have all those positions. No, absolutely. We're, we're trying to do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. So I want to, I just want to transition as we kind of get into the, the final piece of this. So you got, you are part of, uh, I guess you're the, the president, incoming president or the current president of TAPT. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm the current uh, president of the Texas association for people transportation. Right so, and so getting ready for your guys summer conference coming up and absolutely. Yeah. We were just talking, kind of talking the pre-show that you're, you know, on the phone with your secretary every day and the, the behind the scenes work. You want to talk a little bit about just what that looks like for you and um, you know, how many people you guys have attending and what you have planned for. Uh, for yeah. TV. So Texas is very big on uh, independent school districts. We have probably 1200 school districts in the state of Texas. Um, we have probably the largest membership we've had in a long time. Um, we have almost 1400 members um, in our state organization. Um, we have a very robust certification program. We offer 60, 65 classes on different topics and you can earn different levels of certification. Um, our summer conference uh, this year will be in Corpus Christi, June 23rd through the 28th. Um, and as of yesterday, we had 517 registered attendees. Nice. That is not counting people that come and take certification professional development classes. That is just people registered for full conference attendee. Um, probably 90 to a hundred vendors will show up at the trade show, um, during that conference. So man, lots of planning that goes into that, you know, numerous conference hotels and just the logistics of that stuff. And, um, I've been on the board for several years now, but before I got onto it, you know, I, I never really understood even things like, you know, why does an extra ticket to a meal cost 50 or $60? What's because <laughs> yeah. the, the hotel charges you $80 for a gallon of tea. That's why. It yeah. Costs that we were much. just <laughs> literally talking about that. Right. You know, we've tried to figure out over the years of um, at least when I, when I came in and came onto the board, we were, you know, I mean, we literally would run, we would spend every, almost every dime. Right. So we were going out to our vendors and, and asking them, the next year to like prepay and i'm like dudes we need to run this like a business right we need to start yeah. figuring out what our cost is what we're trying to do for next year we shouldn't ever be in a point where we're asking people for money so we can operate so i think yeah, i mean you have to at least break even on it yeah and, um this year's show we're targeting a lot on um round table discussions that's yeah. one thing i've heard for years is our people want to just be able to talk more and be engaged more so um we're doing a lot of um, roundtable discussions on hot topics like staffing shortages, um, building a department budget, uh, you know, entry level driver training, 
um, things like that. We're also going to try something new this year in that um, we're doing some deep dive sessions where we're breaking people up by job function. So we put our routers in a room, our dispatchers in a room, our, our supervisors in a room and let them have some time to engage with yeah. each other on similarities and what they have in their job. Sure. Um, we're following that in that uh, another session where we're going to break up districts by size. And so now you're in a room with people that are similar to your size sure. um, because man, a lot of us can sit up there. When I was in a big district, I could sit up there and say, well, we do this and this and yeah. this. And, and everybody looks at you was, like Jesus, right? They're like, Oh yeah, my, God, my budget was $20 million. <laughs> and now that I'm in a small district where my budget may be $3 million, right. I can't do a lot of those yeah. things. And so we wanted people to be able to get together and talk on a level that they were getting engaged with partners that were their size. And so it wasn't something that was, out of reach. It was something that somebody else similar to them had done. And, yeah. and two, it helps when you go back and you talk to your district folks and you're like, Hey, here's six districts that do that. And all of a sudden your administration, your superintendent recognize those district names and they are similar in size. Yeah. So they're thinking, wait, well, if they can do it, why can't we do it? Right. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense if like Booker, Texas went back and said, Hey, this is what, you know, Klein's doing. <laughs> Yeah, three buses, you know, doesn't, doesn't add up. No, exactly. I, I think it yeah. ma- makes a lot of sense. We're, we're doing something similar this year. We're doing a emergency management theme. So everything kind of around, you know, emergency response and how transportation plays into that. But we are breaking the same, basically everybody into either administrative group, a mechanics group, or a, basically a catch-all for everybody else. Just because we, our, our event center doesn't have the space to hold you know, a large group. So we got to get creative, but I think it's going to, I'm, what I'm hopeful is, is that we don't have, you know, we have people that are with their peers of this and they can hear from, you know, other, maybe more seasoned routers or seasoned administrators, seasoned mechanics, right? This is how we respond, so on and so forth. And then this, this is part one. So we're doing some tabletop exercises and whatnot. And the next year, our plan is to go out and actually put a bus on its side and have emergency, like emergency crews come out and, and do a whole evacuation. So a yeah, little bit of hands better on to but plan for that stuff. Ahead yeah. Of time. I mean, it, that's the idea. And, you know, hopefully it'll be, uh, you know, uh, not super hot in Flagstaff, but that's six, like 6,500 or 7,000 feet elevation. So we get out of the heat and <laughs> have a good time. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'd love to, you know, maybe Chad and I can, uh, float out to Texas one of these years and and come check out your guys' uh, organization. See what that looks like. Absolutely, so, not during the summer. Not, <laughs> well, that's when all the that's when all the, the transportation conferences are. They're very rarely yeah. in the winter. You know how humid it is there. You're insane. <laughs> when you get out of the shower in Texas, you get to a point where you're not sure if you're wiping off sweat or uh, <laughs> water from your shower still. <laughs> yeah. So I came from Western Oklahoma, where it's dry and windy, like Panhandle of Texas. Yeah. Moved to Tulsa, eastern Oklahoma, where it's humid as all get out. And my first couple of years, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't think I, I'm going to be able to live here. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, I begged for wind out there. They say you take a shower, walk out on the, on the porch in the shade, and you just start dripping sweat. It's like I'm not doing anything. I'm just sweating. Just standing. Houston, <laughs> yeah, I'm out. You don't need, you don't need to turn on the shower in Houston. Just rub soap <laughs> on you. It's pretty gross. Uh, so I got, gross. I got just two more things for you, Josh. Uh, just maybe um, as we kind of close this up, what what would be maybe your advice for people that are wanting to kind of explore a, a wage increase and how to bridge that conversation with their, you know, their business department or their superintendent's cabinet, et cetera? Like how did, how did what would you say to them if they were wanting to, you know, maybe uh, feel a little strong from this conversation? 
Sure. I, you know, I think good data is great. You know, have, have that data together. Um, when I went forward, I had probably 12 to 15 school districts that I had pulled data from, you know, starting pay, midpoint, max pay, how many hours they guaranteed, um, what their driver shortage looked like, all this kind of stuff I'd put together. And then I went to that untouched industry that's not student transportation um, and just started calling up people like UPS and Walmart. And, hey, I'm I'm interested in driving a truck. What do <laughs> yeah. you guys pay? What do your benefits look like? And yeah. and putting that data together and, and, and doing it in a smart way too. Because when you're presenting for folks like CFOs and stuff that know their numbers, um, the more intelligent you can look on the front end helps. And so when you walk in and you've got all your staff salaries and columns and you've got what that increase will actually look like and what that bottom line is going to affect, you've done a lot of that work for them. Yeah. And so now they see the number and they're not having to think like, oh, I got to go back and put all this stuff together. He's kind of already done it for me. And um, and so I think you're a little bit more successful with that. Um, And then just arguing the point of how it can change the image of your department, your district, you know, nobody wants their district to be on Facebook in negative ways every day because we can't get kids home on time. Right. Um, nobody wants teachers to be upset with us because they're having to sit there from three o'clock when the bell rings till four fifteen, waiting on buses to come back. Um, nobody wants to hear that we're not answering the phones when we're calling. And so putting that stuff together, using that argument that our folks are that split shift and they're the only people in the district that are expected to do that. You know, and, and sit in that room and ask folks that make six figures, hey, what if the superintendent told you tomorrow to come in and work five to nine, go home, and then come back and work two to six? What would you do? And most of them will tell you, uh, I'd probably look for another job or something. And of course you would. And you make six figures. These are folks that make, yeah. you know, $20,000, $25,000 a year. And this is the expectation we have for them. Right. Um, yet we expect them to, yeah, pass uh five written tests and a, a basic skills test and a road test and yeah. a pre-trip and get an annual physical. And, you know, some States like ours, we were require a 20 hour course on top of all that at the beginning and CPR and first aid and crisis prevention training. And, you know, all this extra stuff that we throw on them. Yeah, no, it's uh it's good stuff. I, like I said, I hope that, you know, people hear this and, and feel encouraged by, you know what, I think we can, we can at least tell the story, right, and get it out there. I, I know. Yeah, that. and and Jason, one other thing I'll tell folks is know your know your number. What does it cost to hire a new employee? And I ask people that all the time, and they have no idea what it costs to hire a new employee. And 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 sit down and really figure that out. And for instance, like if you have three people that sit on an interview panel and your interview's thirty minutes, what do those three people make per hour, and what does that cost you in thirty minutes? Yep. Um, when that person goes and does the physical and it costs you $75, factor that in. Yeah. If you're paying them to go uh, to a CPR class that costs you 30 bucks, plus it's an eight-hour class, you're paying them for the hour, put all that in there. Yep. What is your cost per mile when you're operating a bus and they're they're driving 150 miles during training? What is what is all that cost? Because our cost here and what I was cl- close to in Klein was usually around $7,000 an employee. Yeah. Well, if I'm turning 10 employees over a year, that's $70,000 just to bring in new staff to replace them, man, like why not invest that money into our people and let's stop that revolving door um, that we're just throwing all that money away. And and it was much bigger inclined because I was turning over 40 and 50 people a year because I had 500. That was kind of the norm. And we were turning like 20 or 25. And so, and and I think that's valid, right? Those are all lost costs that people just don't, don't 
think of, right? They think of, okay, they get they get six hours a day, but really, do they really get six hours a day? Where are they fueling? When are they cleaning their bus? When are they writing yeah. bus referrals? When are they talking to their supervisor? When are they checking their mail and their email that they're supposed to, you know, when we tell them all this stuff, like all of that time is not built in for mm-hmm. them. And when you break that down on truly what their what their day looks like, and I love it. I mean, we, we were we were ballparking like I don't know, two thousand twenty five hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, we would make put, put your total cost, yeah. like really look at, you know, what you pay that trainer, what it costs to put fuel in the bus, sure. and all the books and stuff you provide them, and the money you spend on all that. And yeah, it, and again, you can uh, you can keep throwing that money away, or you can turn around and invest it into your own people. And, and, and it'll save labor throughout the district too, because now that we've stopped turnover and we're not hiring people, my HR department's not having to deal with new people coming in. My payroll department's not dealing with that. My benefits department's not dealing with that. Yeah. You know, and so Damn, Josh, really... if I give you a staying ovation, I would like, that's all brilliant <laughs> stuff. Well, like seriously. That's... Yeah. It's just thinking outside the box, man. Yeah. It's not just hiring people. There's a lot of factors we need to go into yeah. thinking Josh. about it and, Josh and Chad need to join join forces. Could Chad wants to sell a bus driver with a bus? So that's what I'm his. talking about. <laughs> you buy a new bus, you get a book, you get to go through and go. Oh, I want that one, and then that person goes with the bus. That's so, brilliant. Josh, uh, just a last question. Just something you are most excited for in the future of transportation? Anything doesn't um, have to be on salary or anything. Just anything that you're jazzed about. I would think I, I kind of have two things. I'm a big guru in technology. So I really look forward to where technology is taking us and student accountability, GPS, all that kind of stuff and um, camera systems and what they're bringing nowadays. Um, what I always stay energized about and what a lot of directors fear. Um, I always love to educate and train our staff. Um, and I have told dozens of people throughout my career, look, I may not be able to hire you here in a position, but I will train you and give you the experience necessary to go and be successful somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and throughout my career, I've, I've had a dozen people that have made assistant director and director levels that started out as school bus drivers. Um, and I think that anybody can do it. If you put your mind to it um, and listen, get the education, be active in your local and state organizations, listen to what people tell you. Um, I think it's absolutely positive um, that you can be successful in this industry. Good stuff. Uh, very good very good can't can't echo and emphasize it any more than that right and i think that you know that's that's so important for people i love your story of just you know getting in here and getting your foot in the door and and figuring out that this is a a viable career i think so many people just think that you know it's a stepping stone or it's a you know i'm going to do this while i want to become a teacher i want to you know i want to do this until i graduate or go you know go off i was just over at a district yesterday and they just hired a couple kids in that actually used to be, um, you know, kids from the, from the elementary schools. Now they're of age and they're, they're coming back to drive a bus and they're, they're twins and they love it. And I think it's super cool that, you know, just they're a product of the community and now they're, they're back doing it and giving it back. So, you know, if they, if they really love it and embrace it, I mean, why not them, right? They're the next, they're the Absolutely. future of this industry. And, and I think the more that, you know, people like us can, can give them the tools that they, you know, that they need. And, and so they don't have to learn from their own mistakes, right? They can learn from our mistakes and, you know, kind of do it better. And I'm just, I'm jazzed for, you know, where everything's going. I think I still got a long way to go in my career, but absolutely, uh, you know, for sure. So 
Chad, you got anything? Final closing thoughts? I think the points that Josh makes, excuse me for if I <clears throat> yeah, drink that whiskey. Slim. Yeah. But I, I think the, the points that Josh makes, I'm curious how many people, I was sitting there thinking while he was saying all that, like, I want to ask the directors about this. Have you thought about this? Have you considered this? Have you considered your cost per driver to, to you know, run a new driver through is even five to $7,000. How many do you go through a year and reinvest? I mean, that's all just brilliant. I'm sure there's quite a few that have thought of it that way. Have they acted on it though? And yeah. the ones that haven't considered it, why haven't, I mean, maybe you need to consider this because the thing I hear being going out and talking to transportation directors all the time is just turnover, you know, and losing bus drivers can't get bus drivers. We'll pay them better. You can get them. Right. I mean, which again, it goes back to, like Jason says, it's not a money thing. Well, I mean, it's all about money. I mean, it boils down to money. Sure. And we've, we've got, uh, I've got a district that just bumped their pay. It's like 17 something an hour. Like, how do you have drivers like in Phoenix, like right out, right on the edge of Phoenix? Like, where do they live? They all live together in a bus. Like, how do they afford to live? Yeah. Then you've got others that have, that have bumped them up you know, significantly, but, that's a really good point. I'm curious to, you know, uh, probably at the next conference or two, I'll probably you know, throw that out there and see who's, who does that, who's considered that, who, if you haven't considered it, maybe you should. But very, very valid. Makes a lot of sense. And I never even thought about it like that when it came to that. I mean, obviously, turnover, I know it costs having an employee, but like you said, like a client a lot of money you can put back into just keeping your yeah, time. I mean, you're talking 40 people at $7,000. I mean, that's you know, I don't do Jason, math, do the math. Fly, but uh, I mean, two, I can do it. What did you say? Seven times what? God, he gets 7,040 employees. I mean, what's that? 280,000? Yeah, no, 28,000. Yeah, that's a lot of money 20, to 28,000. But still. 40 times 7. 40 times 7. 7. 40 times 7 is 280, big dog. Forty. You believe this guy? Times seven thousand <laughs> is oh two hundred eighty. I, I miss the neighbor. I miss the zero. <laughs> and this is on. Do not do not edit this out, Jason. I never Gosh, profess no. to be good at math, my friends. So you had a calculator. You got a calculator. And I have fat thumbs. I missed a button. <laughs> anyway, great. But I mean, yeah. I mean, just, even in a big district, to take two hundred eighty thousand and turn around and reinvest that into your employees. Yeah. I mean. How much more an hour can you pay your sure. people, or what other things? Well, especially can you do when, to, and then, stop but you're not lead. even you're not even factoring in overtime that the people no. are getting for the drop in returns that they're going back, right? So Correct. now you factor in all of that additional stuff. Like it's just again, yeah. it it just perpetuates the problem. And if people aren't, yeah, because when we were forty like, or fifty yeah. drivers down, man, I was yeah, God, we were spending half a million in overtime Easy. a year on Easy. top of what we had already budgeted. Well, and we're we have several spend. districts here. I was at a district, and there's they're supposed to have like 200 drivers and they're at least 180 and they're down around like 60 right now. They're outsourcing literally all their special needs or McKinney Vento. I mean, all their sports. Right. So just think about what they're paying, what are they and paying cost for all that for that. Right. So it's like, well, if you're going to pay that, why don't you just reinvest it in yeah, this? Invest and in your own people. In, yeah. I, I, I ran into a few that were, that were doing that as well. And that was my thought. I was like, if, if you can pay this extra money, why weren't you already paying this extra money to keep yeah. the drivers or to bring them in? It'll come around. Everyone listen to this. And man, the drivers in Phoenix area and May, Arizona and across all moving the country, to Texas. They will be, you'll be their hero for, <laughs> for bringing this up, Jason yeah. and Josh. No, I appreciate it, Josh. This was a, 
a couple months in the works, and I appreciate you making the time for us. I know it's been a busy school year, so um, maybe we can get a couple of the other peers in for a, a podcast here coming up just to just to talk about how you guys do. Uh, Absolutely, man. Anytime, Texas, like I, Island, so. I have two more things before you wrap yes, this sir. up, Jason. I'm supposed to give a shout out to your number one fan of the podcast, Chelsea Wilson. She listens to it every time and always <laughs> criticizes, typically, really me. You know, is very critical of my performance. She asked me to give a shout out just now. She found out I was on here and she's like, give a shout out to me. So, yeah. shout out, Chelsea Wilson. Go ahead, Jason. Give everyone. Shout out to the number one fan of the show. Probably the only fan of the show, but. Uh... <laughs> And Josh, tonight, I don't know, well, three things. First of all, you talked about academics in, in your district and how successful they are. How good are they at football? I mean, it's Texas. Are they good at football? We are, we are good at football. Hey, we are good at all sports. Uh, we our yeah, Just football. Base, Texas. <laughs> our baseball and uh, softball team just won first place together at State this last year. So that's where I'm going is tonight, Texas versus OU softball national championship game first game do you know that wow you didn't know that <laughs> texas you texas people i swear <laughs> i didn't live in oklahoma i know that actually i was watching oklahoma state was one game away texas beat oklahoma state two games in a row to go to the national championship game it could have been ou versus osu in oklahoma city for national championship you know how crazy that town would have been <laughs> would have been but that that texas showed up and ruined the party <laughs> enjoy enjoy your softball tonight, Chad. As you uh, hopefully get better, we we're mm. we're hoping you pass this COVID stuff so you can make it up to TAA. And uh, for the rest of the group, we got a couple more episodes to record, and we'll hear from you guys later. So, Josh, thank you again. Thank uh, you. I'll be in touch, thank sir. I hope that um, you know all of your information is super valuable. I think that um, you know it's super cool to see people finally getting a clue right and i think yeah. the more that we can share this message is uh super important so kudos to the work that you're doing and the group that you got there um and for everybody else see you later pretty much see y'all all right enjoy your awesome. summer Thanks, and we'll take Thanks, care guys. talk soon adios thanks guys josh good job man that was awesome thank you very informative You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.